At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson. We appreciate you joining us as we talk about challenging topic of brokenness. Mm. Uh, with me is Ron Hicks, pastor of Henderson Memorial Baptist Church. Ron, thanks for joining me. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Richard. I appreciate you allowing me to kind of talk about these things and maybe throw a biblical perspective in every once in a while. Yeah. You know, the issue of brokenness is something that we talk about on this program from time to time. And we just talk about the social issues, whether it's the right to life mm-hmm. or family formation or addiction issues. Uh, there's the underlying theme of brokenness there. Uh, and I want us to unpack this from a couple of different perspectives, uh, societal-wide brokenness, mm-hmm. uh, community-wide, and maybe family-wide, and then personal bro- brokenness. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. going to cover each of these in the three segments that we have. But there was a, a, a news story that just came out the other day about the American Psychological Association, the largest association of psychologists in the country, And it gripped me when I read this. It was uh, about a task force that they were forming that uh, just really threw me for a loop that a a group that was once as respected as they are would pursue what I believe is brokenness, perpetuating brokenness. And this is what what they did. They launched the non-monogamy task force. The APA Division 44 Consensual Non-Monogamy Task Force says this, according to their website. They promote awareness and inclusivity about consensual, non-monogamy, and diverse expressions of intimate relationships. And then it goes on to say that these include, but are not limited to, people who practice practice polyamory, which is group marriage, open relationships, swinging, relationship anarchy, and other types of ethical, non-monogamous relationships. I only stood about... Understood about five words of that. So that was a mouthful, that, wasn't it? That in layman's terms. What what are they actually? Uh, do, do I hear you saying that they're saying, "Hey, whatever relationship you want to have, whatever kind of marriage you want to have, however you want to define it, we're good with that." As long as people are consenting, non-consensual means that you're not consenting, but consensual okay. means two people agree on it or a group of people agree on it. Okay, uh, but that is a mouthful, you know. But what you're what you're talking about is pushing against ethical boundaries for human sexual relationships. You know, we know biblically that God made us male and female. Mm -hmm. He creates both of us in his image, and he creates marriage uh, to be that first relationship, that first institution where man and woman come together, and they create a family. Mm -hmm. And that's the proper boundary, if you will. And I don't want to sound preachy. I know sometimes I do, but... That's the boundary. Well, let me for, do that because that's what I yeah, do. Yeah, that's right. I'm, You're the preacher. You take <laughs> over. Go ahead. You can sound politically. <laughs> well, you know, here's the crazy thing is uh, we, we, we actually just left another radio program where we were talking about the idea of why would anybody else care? If you wanted to be married to, to three gals and two guys and, and, and you call that your marriage and all, uh, what, what harm does that do to anybody else? Um, well, yeah. I, I don't know if – if somebody's drinking and, and they're going to get behind a car, 
and they don't they don't have their senses, they don't have their faculties about them, and, and they say, look, I'm going to be fine. What business is it of yours? Yeah. We're going to be out on the road with everybody else. You're going to be intermingling with the rest of society, yep. and, and you're not thinking clearly. And so uh, this idea, and we live in a society today, Richard, where everybody says, well, just look inside. Um, you know, inside, what you feel. Listen, when I look inside, I'm terrified. I'm mm. a sick, twisted freak. You hear me? <laughs> and everybody else is. Regularly. Yeah. I mean, wh- the, 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 one of the beautiful anthems of our faith is Amazing Grace mm. that saved a wretch like me. So when we look inside and when we, when we feel like our feelings is what it is that dictates, listen, um, sometimes I feel like smacking somebody. <laughs> and, and if our feelings are what we act on, then then why are some feelings appropriate and some feelings aren't? And who gets to decide that? Well, we have this book. Yeah. We've got this creator who inspired men to write this book to say this is what's right and this is what's wrong. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And I think this is where we are when we approach the issue of brokenness. Is there even such a thing as brokenness? You know, the other side would say, no, it's all, we're just products of time and chance. Uh, we're just these biological beings. We're here for a certain period of time. Might as well just live it up. Might as well just get as much satisfaction yeah, out of life. Human secularism, Just sure. live, live for yourself or your family mm-hmm. or even living for your community might be okay, but... Don't tell me how to do it. But here's crazy. This is what they'll say. Do whatever you want to do. But they understand walking up into somebody's house who's not their house, opening the refrigerator and making a sandwich is not something they should do. Mm-hmm. So even though they say there should be no boundaries, they live under boundaries. They do. We, we can live one way like there's no boundaries, but then we do acknowledge that there are boundaries in other places. Uh, Ron, you'd mentioned about how does this affect you? In the the previous program, we had talked about, um, well, if it's not hurting me, why should you care? In fact, that's none of your business. But the truth is, is that if somebody's doing something that is hurting themselves, I would say that group marriages are hurting somebody. That's not God's design Mm -hmm. for the, the best relationship, for the most flourishing. And I, I would say people in those group marriages are hurting themselves. They're hurting the children. If there are any children that are produced from that, the children need one mom and one dad. They don't need a group of moms or a group of dads. Uh, there used to be a show on TV called Sister Wise. I watched one episode of it just to be able to see. Yeah. And uh, the interviewer asked the ladies, when your husband is spending time with one of the other wives, does that bother you? Every single one of them said, well, of course it does. Of course, we would rather him be spending time with us, but this is just the arrangement that we have. So Mm. every single one of them said, yes, I'm bothered that my husband is sleeping with another woman and not me. And so the defense rests, your witness. You know, who's it hurting? When they say it doesn't hurt anybody, it hurts those participants. And and of course, when they are not feeling loved, when they don't have that uh, time with their spouse, it's going to break down the relationship. Mm -hmm. It's going to hurt that relationship. I would say the same with other activities that we pursue. And it's not just sexual boundaries we break, but there are other things, Ron, we can do to wreck our lives. Oh, sure. There are drugs. There's uh, unhealthy, other unhealthy behaviors. Too many donuts. And too many donuts. That's right. We've got a problem with obesity. <laughs> yeah. We've got a problem with eating too much and eating the wrong things. There are so many things that can lead our lives to be less than what we're made to be. Mm-hmm. And again, w- without sounding too preachy, there is a reality that 
there's a creator who made us in his image and he gives us moral boundaries by which to stay within. If we stay within the boundaries, life has got a pretty good chance of going better for us. If Mm -hmm. we move outside those boundaries, things are probably not going to go well. But Richard, what I hear people saying is this, we don't acknowledge your form of boundary setting. Mm -hmm. What we want to do is we want to be the ones who set the boundaries. And then we want you to agree with us on where the boundaries are set. And then we will decide whether or not our boundaries actually hurt you or not. So we want to define the boundaries. We want to define all the terminology. And then we will decide for you whether our boundary, moving those boundaries, hurts you or not. And, and, And we want you just to be okay with that. That's a good point. Let's unpack that a little bit more when we come back from this next break. Hi, this is Richard Nelson with the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, and I want to thank you for listening to the Commonwealth Matters. Our goal is to help you better understand the important issues of the day, the issues of life, marriage, and religious liberty. But that isn't all we do. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is working to educate legislators and policymakers about these bedrock values so they can defend them while serving in Frankfurt. We are in regular conversations with state leaders on both sides of the aisle, encouraging them to uphold what Kentuckians like you value. But we need your help. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit group that only exists by the grace of God and the generosity of its donors. Would you consider a donation today to the Commonwealth Policy Foundation so that our work might continue? Please visit our website at commonwealthpolicyfoundation.org. There you'll find some easy ways you can help us accomplish this important work. Again, go to CommonwealthPolicyFoundation.org and consider a gift today. And thanks in advance for any help you can offer. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. And on this edition, we are talking about brokenness, societal-wide brokenness, uh, community-wide brokenness, and personal brokenness. And Ron, at the beginning of the last segment, we were talking about the American Psychological Association and their task force on consensual non-monogamy. And essentially, they were promoting sexual deviancy, if you will, or pushing against the moral boundaries And they're saying as long as there are two consenting adults, it's okay that they do whatever they do to achieve that uh, gratification or to to achieve uh, their desired intimacy is the way that they put it. They say this, um, finding love and or sexual intimacy is a central part of most people's life experience. Now, that's something that, yeah, we can agree with at Mm -hmm. that point. Then they go on to say, however... The ability to engage in desired intimacy without social and medical stigmatization is not a liberty for all. What if you have a a husband and wife that live together? The husband occasionally loses his temper and slaps his wife around. Um, She understands he has an anger issue and and, uh, she's bought into the whole idea of, uh, well, you know, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I should have had the supper on the table when I was supposed to. And and because I didn't do what he asked, I deserve to be punished. 
And so she chooses to stay in that volatile relationship because most abused women do. And, um, and, and they, they would go to a counselor and they would say, and I'm talking from firsthand experience, they would say, oh, no, we're, we're happy, except for those few occasions. Mm. And so in their dysfunction, she has built up or he has built up this defense mechanism to be able to say, um, you know, I don't want to make them mad. I don't want to make them angry. I don't want to bring the light, the problem. You know, and, and and so when they say consenting adults, that whole yeah. consenting adult doesn't mean that both who are consenting are happy. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. So I want to unpack this. They they talk about, the APA says, without social and medical stigmatization. So social stigmatization could say this, uh, polygamy is not right. You know, if you're in a polygamous marriage, yeah, that's not really good. Um, and the APA is trying to remove that. And then also medical stigmatization. What they're talking about are doctors that might not want to do transition surgeries from a man that wants to become a woman or a woman that wants to become a man. The doctor says, no, that's what medical stigmatization is. And that's what the APA is trying to remove, which is uh, which is so dangerous. You know, Or when they say, because you've been with multiple partners, you're at a higher risk of, of yeah. venereal diseases yeah. and contracting and contributing and, and all the rest of those sort of things. So I would I would suggest that you limit your activity, limit your partners and all the rest of that. That would be another way of, of a medical interference, wouldn't it? It would be. Absolutely. It's don't judge you me. Judging Just me? because yeah. I have a number of partners or engage in high risk sexual behaviors, don't judge me. If somebody is coughing horribly and spitting up parts of their lungs yeah. and they're wearing oxygen because they have COPD and I say to them, hey, you probably ought to quit smoking. I'm not yeah. judging them. I'm stating a fact. That's right. If I pick an apple from an apple tree, bite into it and say, this is an apple, I'm not judging that tree. I'm stating a fact. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody veers from God's word, um, God's holy word, um, about what marriage, what covenant relationship, what intimacy is supposed to be about, and I say that's wrong, I'm not judging them. I'm stating a fact. Not to be able to ostracize them, not to be able to say, oh, look at you, but to be able to restore them. Because we started this program talking about brokenness. We are all broken in our relationship with the Lord. And left our own desires, we are evil every single time. Put five two-year-olds in a room. Give them one toy. You don't have to teach them to hit each other in the head to try to get that toy. It's saying, inherent in them. That's right. We're born depraved. We're, we're born, born broken. We're born broken and short of what God desires for us. So, so, Ron, we've talked about the APA and their task force really as a backdrop to talk about brokenness at one level, you have this institution, which covers the psychologists across the country. Uh, these are counselors. They guide people, and they're actually perpetuating brokenness at an institutional level. Uh, we also see at the societal level, I want to pivot to that, sure. when we see brokenness at the societal level in our communities, mm-hmm. uh, in our neighborhoods, how mm-hmm. do we address that? How, how should we walk in, step into that? Because here's, here's where I'm coming from. I see brokenness at the at a cultural level, national level, and I get upset when I see groups like the APA doing something that's just foolish and perpetuates brokenness. But what does it look like when I see it in my community? Because my instinct is to get angry and say, you know, that's stupid. Why are you doing that? But at the 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 Christian side of me, the the side that has empathy, says, you know what, we're all broken. Mm-hmm. We all need fixing. I need to have 
care and compassion. How do we step into that when we see brokenness in our communities or in our neighborhoods? Well, I tell you, as a pastor, I'm, I'm confronted often by people who, who will say things like, well, you know, uh, the psychologists used to think that homosexuality was a mental disorder, and they don't anymore. Um, and and they, they have, you know, that's a group of very smart people. Yeah. Uh, Richard, just to give you a chance— what what is what what sheepskins do you have? Do you, you've got your bachelor's degree? I do. And you've a got master's, a master's degree. Policy. So you're a very smart person as well. I, and I so to be able yeah. to, well, I mean, <laughs> if 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 sheepskins make make you know make you an authority, well, often when people are like, well, these are very learned people. Well, yeah, there's very learned people on the other side that say this is stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to have doctors and scientists that said smoking was good for you. Yeah. Now, smoke a menthol cigarette, sure, it'll help clear your lungs. They were wrong, yeah. you know. Um, and so we've got a lot of smart people who are wrong all the time. Yeah. You know, you've got very talented people that are wrong all the time. And that's why you have to be able to go back to, is there a standard? You and I have talked about this before. There's a Bureau of Standards in the United States. When you go there, it's got a bar, and and this bar, they say, this is 12 inches. Everything in the United States that measures 12 inches has to equal this bar. This ball is one pound. This is the standard by which we as a nation will do our commerce, we'll be able to sell things and all the rest of that. We as a society have a Bureau of Standards. It's this library Uh, of 66 separate writings written over a 1,500-year period by 40 different authors on three different continents and three different nations combined to be called what we call the Holy Bible. And that's Mm -hmm. the standard by which God has determined that society would flourish. And so when we talk to people and they say, well, these people say this and these people say that, we can say, well, listen, let me tell you from my learning, from my experience, from, from my study, let me explain to you. So we can, we can. It's not. There's nothing wrong with meaning them on an intellectual level. Don't say, well, just because the Bible says. Yeah. But we've got to be able to give real life examples and to be able to, you know, obviously use the Bible. But but uh, when you're talking to people who don't believe the Bible, what do you do? You just say, oh, okay, well, forget it. Then you don't believe the Bible. You've got to be able to reason with them. And so yeah. we can we can use our own intellect to be able we- to to. That's right. And, and and I'd like to, we could do a whole program on how to defend the Bible, how to defend your worldview. That would be a good program. But the Bible does speak, getting to the, back to the topic of brokenness, uh, the Bible speaks of brokenness from Genesis 3, where sure. the fall took place, mm-hmm. all the way to Revelation, where Jesus comes back to restore all things. And we see examples, though, of God's people who have his chosen people who've chosen brokenness, mm-hmm. who made bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it said before that one of the things that authenticates the Bible as being true is that you have uh, real people who committed real sin and their sin was was exposed for all of us to see. And we can learn from that as well, whether it's Abraham or Moses or David, all of our heroes of the faith committed sin. I had a guy tell me the other day when I was talking to the Bible, he says, oh, so you believe the Bible. Mm-hmm. He said, the Bible celebrates sin. And I said, show me a passage where the Bible celebrates sin. Uh, 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 I mean, slavery is what he said. The Bible celebrates slavery. I said, show me a passage where it celebrates. Well, it's talked throughout. Slavery was going, every civilization has had slaves. The Bible never condones slavery. It never condones that. As a matter of fact, it actually has a stipulation that after a certain amount of years, you got to let them go regardless of what their, what their thing is. Uh, and Jesus actually says, I will set you, he came to set the captives free. The Bible doesn't condone slavery.
At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit commonwealthmatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to The Commonwealth Matters. Welcome back to The Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson. And on this edition, we are talking about brokenness, institutional brokenness, uh, societal-wide brokenness. And I want to cover this last segment on personal brokenness, Ron. Uh, you know, my tendency is to see things that are in the culture and do that are wrong and, and groups or institutions that perpetuate it and to just shake my head and say, mm-hmm. what's the matter? But mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't be so surprised because we live in a broken world and without our creator and without an understanding of his word, we're going to go in our own directions. We're going to make up our own rules as we go along and we're going to end up going off the rails. But what do we, how do we deal with pro- personal brokenness? You're a pastor. And you deal with this regularly. You've got people coming into your office that are broken. They've made bad decisions. They've mm-hmm. gone off the rails, uh, regardless of what it is, whether it's drugs or relationship choices or whatever it might be. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of problems that we see. So how do we, as as individuals, deal with brokenness in our own lives? Because we're all broken. Well, we're, Richard. We're all- I had a tree in my backyard that loved to be able to shed its limbs, the biggest ones during thunderstorms. One particular tree twice dropped a limb and completely crushed a section of my fence. Cut the limb down, hauled it out, took an all-day endeavor. Uh, Another storm came along, same tree, same a branch on the same side, broke the same section of fence. That tree's not my yard anymore. Beautiful tree, provided all kind of shade, but I had to remove that from my yard because it was causing damage. And so what I say to folks is I got to say, look, we're broken. Um, But but here's the beautiful part of the story, and I know we got limited time, so I'll try to give the the Reader's Digest version. (laughs) We are created in God's image, and God created each one of us uniquely different. Um, He created me to be a thrill seeker. That's a real need I have. When I meet a real need to be a thrill seeker in an unholy way, yeah. and I've tried it in my past with drugs and alcohol and, and all those other things, I, I was meeting that thrill seeker need in an unholy way, yeah. and it led to destruction, nearly broke, nearly dissolved my, my, my marriage. Um, I'm happily married to the same woman for, for nearly 40 years now, um, but it, that, 10 years in, it, it almost destroyed it because I was, I was seeking to meet yeah. those, those thrills in an unholy way. Yeah. But once I determined that every need I have can be met through a relationship with Jesus Christ, do I still stumble and fall? Not through the addiction area, but yeah, of course I'm not perfect. But but listen, I I, I stood in places before. I, I preached in Africa at a at a at a at a church one time, and they told us if you preach, you're going to get thrown in jail. Listen, you don't believe every nerve in my body was firing. Every, I mean, I, it was the most exciting, the most terrified I'd ever wow. been. And when it was all finished and we weren't arrested, I got to, back to my hotel room. I had an adrenaline dump that was that was more powerful than any roller coaster, any drug, wow. any high building that I you know wanted to jump off of, and all the rest of that. So God met every need that He created in me yeah. 
and he provides a holy way. So what I say to people is God created you for relationship, for intimacy, for excitement, for thrills, everybody different. Let's figure out how you can meet that real need in a holy way. God doesn't, he doesn't want everybody to, to, to conform to a cookie cutter sort of a thing. He created you to be you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the analogy about uh, the tree in your backyard of uh, when uh, it was damaging your fence, uh, and it did it a couple times. You ended up cutting the tree down. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think of that as an analogy of sin. When Absolutely. We have sin in our lives. Yeah. We want to cut it off. Yeah. But we can't do that on our own. No, no. And that's what I say is when, when it kind of expanding on that. When, when I, when I realized I was a thrill seeker mm-hmm. and I started to meet those, those, uh, those needs in an unholy way, mm-hmm. I had to cut those things down just yeah. like that tree. I had to say to myself, "This isn't a what, holy way to meet that." What need. if you have this sin, this brokenness that's so gripping you? And I think of those in the. What if? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's say if? they are. Just... Okay. So for some of the listeners out there, it could be food. They're addicted oh, to food. Absolutely. For yeah. some, it's drugs. It's mm-hmm. marijuana. It's yeah. opioids. For some, it's sexual sure. addiction. And it's not just LGBT. That's one where their identity sure. is with somebody of the other sex or mm-hmm. transgender mm-hmm. identity. But look, there's probably a lot more people that are addicted to pornography and listening. pride and money and and prestige and power. Uh, yeah, we can how go about, on and on and so, on. So, so Ron, how are we freed from these gripping sins, these entangling sins that just consume us? And it's we're just... a very simple, but but sometimes the most difficult passage in the Bible to understand. Mm-hmm. If the Son has set you free, mm-hmm. you are free indeed. The only freedom that we're ever going to realize as free men walking around outside of jail, as free men walking around in the country called America, the only way we will truly be free is understand that Christ came to die for those unholy things that we do to meet our real needs. And if we just simply surrender our life to him, he will take those needs, put in us the Holy Spirit to direct us to meet our real needs that he gave us in a holy way. And then and only then will we be released to be to be truly free. So so we know that as Christians, if you confess your sins, if you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Uh, I need your help. Save me. Uh, that's the first step. Mm-hmm. And then what's the second step when somebody confesses Christ? Well, and then there's this this idea of sanctification. You're saved instantly, but sanctified, you're gradually turned into the, the, the Bible says old things pass away, all things become new. Mm-hmm. So that becoming is a process. And so you're sanctified. Get into a Bible-believing church. There you fellowship go. with there other you Christians. Read the Word. Talk to God. God wants to have a relationship with you. Imagine you don't never, never talk to your spouse or your closest friend. That relationship's going to yeah, be damaged. That's right. Talk to God. Uh, uh, listen to the Holy Spirit fellowship with other believers, but you got to get involved. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling together as some are in the habit of doing, but gather to encourage one another. That's right. So once you become a believer and a follower of Jesus, you need to be with his people. You need to find a local church. You need to worship with them. Also a men's group or a women's group uh, to plug in with other believers who will help you walk in the faith, who will uh, sharpen your Proverbs 27 a steel. The mm-hmm. Iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. so one man sharpens another. So we we find this new identity. We find this new way of life. We find this new group to associate with. 
And I would submit that life is a lot different. It and is. It's, it's not just, it's not going to be easier all the time, but you're on a different path that will bring you great joy uh, and it will free you of those sins. So Ron, it's, it's really great to be on the program. Oh, I know man. there's so much more we could talk about, but uh, maybe we can pick up this conversation yeah, yeah, another time. Yeah, sure, all sure. Right. Hey, God bless you. God have a bless good day. you, listener. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>